brand analytics, search volume estimates, the kind of tools that Helium 10 would not consider adding. We talk about this and more with our tech talk with Boyan, the CTO of Helium 10. everybody. This is another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and I'm joined today by Boyan on our new series that we're going to have here once a month or so called Tech Talk with Boyan, where we talk about different technical aspects that have to do with Amazon or Helium 10. Boyan is our CTO here, but apart from that, a lot of people don't know who you are, Boyan. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Boyan? Hey Bradley. Hey, hello everybody. Uh, some of you might have had the chance to see me in the past. I don't show my face a lot, but just in short, I'm I'm mathematician by uh, education and aspirations. Somehow they pushed me into this programmer slash uh, managerial slash uh, data move around uh, guy. So uh, I'm here with Helium 10. I've been here for more than a year and uh, I'm trying to provide value. So I hope I'm doing a pretty good job at that. Yes, you are, boy. So guys, if you really appreciate a new tool, that we have had in the last year, like compare ASINs on Cerebro or uh, review downloader, you know, the new features that we have pretty much you owe Boyan a debt of gratitude because a lot of this, if not all of it actually comes from him. So he's the genius behind the scenes here, but now he's going to be a little bit in front of the scenes here. So let's get to some questions that has been submitted. And one thing that we're getting a lot on Facebook and also to support Boyan is about the new brand analytics data point that has been made available to certain sellers. And so people are asking us, have we integrated this into our system? Are we going to be integrating into our system? Or what can you tell us about this brand analytics? So it's not that brand analytics data is not really new. What's new is that it was made available to wider audience. So in the past, you had to have, I believe, vendors account. Now, if you have a brand registered account, you, you get access. It's being slowly doled out. The fact is that that data or version of that data or some aspects of that data was already incorporated with some of our, our tools, especially keywords related tools, obviously. There are a few data points with brand analytics data. Some are more flashy and, and some are just more useful. We try to, to stay away from those flashy, shiny objects and, and we try to focus on, on useful components of it and providing some value on top of what's available there. So one thing that that's... Uh, sort of significant with, with brand analytics keywords is that the list is relatively small, that they, Amazon gives you about 1 million keywords and it essentially returns rank of keywords by search frequency. So you have similar metrics to, to BSR. The problem, potential problem with that is that the 1 million keywords is, is a, a order of magnitude less than, and actually orders of magnitude less than what we have in our database and what we manage and we tr what we try to expose to customers. So while with brand analytics data, you, you get a list that you can essentially import in your Excel spreadsheet, you cannot do that with Helium 10 data. So we are using that data, but that alone would not be sufficient to provide the, the quality of service that we are providing. So, so just to give an idea, you mentioned that this brand analytics has a million keywords. I think it's actually, it is like max 1 million, right? So what about in Helium 10's database, approximately how many keywords are we talking? Oh, we have 5 million and that has 1 million or 10 X or what, what are we, what are we talking about? 
So it depends on the way you look at it, you slice it. But for U.S. marketplace, at any point of time, we're we're monitoring and and processing more than 100 million keywords. More than 100 million. So more than 100 times the number of keywords that Brand Analytics has, we have in Healing 10. Right. So so we're trying to to expand that that reach. So yes, you can focus on on one keyword. You can focus on on TV or, or Bluetooth headphones. So those are top 10 keywords and and sure if you can make it in on on bluetooth headphones you will you will be pretty successful but then if if you can focus on on uh, long tail keywords if you if you can get ranked on on page 1 on a keyword that's that's a 2 million position on that that list you will be pretty successful seller as well so so we're trying to to look beyond the data what that that's available that to to everybody and and then build on top of that. So yes, we have more than 100 million keywords and and we're constantly searching for for new ways and novel ways to to acquire keywords and and estimate the the, the value of the keywords and and find new ways to to take advantage of them. Okay. A lot of this has to do with you mentioned like search volume in the past. That's been a, a hot topic. And this kind of leads to another question I've been getting recently is, you know, now that we've rolled out our new search volume column there in Magnet and Cerebro and other tools, uh, people are asking, well, how can I trust this search volume? Or what, what is it based on? Or, or why is this accurate? And I know you've actually said that in, in some situations, the search volume estimates that we see now might even be better than some of the information that was coming from Amazon last year, right? Right. So we had we had that conversation here several times over the past 12 months. Some of the data points that were coming out of that source, mysterious source that, that went away two months ago. So some of those data points just make no sense. So flashlights, at least for a while, or Mother's Day's gift, you would see search volume, exact search volume was zero for Mother's Day's gift, like back in April or May of 2018. So we look at the data and it's clearly flawed. But then again, if you try to correct, we're walking away from that Amazon data attribute. So I wanted, or as a team, we wanted to, to make adjustments, but, but we, our hands were essentially tied. So now that the basically source, it, it was it was garbage in, garbage out. I mean, if if it was what Amazon was showing us, we we weren't going to go and change it. So if it showed us zero search volume, we we also displayed zero, right? Exactly. So so that was supposed to to increase veracity since that that's the data that's coming from Amazon. And it was like easy easy way out. Whatever we observe that that whatever anomaly we observe or customers observe and 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 ask about, hey, that's what Amazon is showing. So that's what you get to to live it. Now that ground truth was was removed, and now we're able to actually build our models and deploy our models and and show our estimations that are clearly more accurate than than those zeros that we were showing. And it's actually a significant number of keywords. There are hundreds of thousands of keywords that, that would return zero exact. So, but it so would return something broad, right? So that's how, that's how we knew definitely had to be an anomaly. Like you wouldn't have something that's zero exact, which is what it was returning. But then all of a sudden it would say 25,000 broad. And in some cases, right. In some cases, yeah, you would get broad. In some cases, in some cases you, you had instances of what we call double zero where you get both exact and broad zero, but it's like, it's obvious that, that uh, it's actionable keyword, that there's value in that keyword. 
And just by going off of Amazon numbers, you you would you would miss that keyword, especially that it was popular to filter by by search volume. So so you would run a cerebral search or magnet search, and then sort by by search volume, or even exclude the zero, and and you completely miss that that keyword or the niche. And and those are good keywords. So we were thinking about uh, somehow marking those keywords as as estimates in the past but then we were mixing estimates and and actual data so so you have to manage that public uh, awareness campaign so uh, again the easy way out was was to just show what amazon shows and 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 stick with that now we have that freedom to to improve on 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 the source data and and i believe in in many aspects it's more valuable what we have than what was displayed when when only amazon data was used okay excellent so guys i in a nutshell yes you can trust this data these are estimates but in many cases even hundreds of thousands of cases actually as boyan said it's actually more accurate than what amazon was giving at certain times of the year last year and you guys are constantly, you know, or not constantly, maybe, but you are always looking for ways to improve these estimations and the numbers now might even see improvement going forward, right? Yeah. And even when you look at that brand analytics data, there's a lot of noise and, and there are a lot of inconsistencies in, in that data. So it might be a result of attempts of abuse. So somebody might be trying to manipulate Amazon data and, and that's kind of sneaking into, into data that's coming out through brand analytics. But you have instances of, of, of keywords that are showing the zero conversion rate or, or zero sales rate. So the raw data that's coming to us was, uh, I feel it's not uh, properly vetted. It was just exposed because there was a lot of demand for, for that kind of data. So it's still up to the, the consumer or, or to tool builders like we are to process that data and to add value and filter out noise or junk or garbage, as I said. Yeah, I remember um, the first time I, I saw one of those reports, you know, I uh, was still dealing with my old company, a diet pill company, and we had access to that report. I, I think it was something like, it cost like $30,000 or $40,000 back in the day, if I'm not mistaken. And, and I, I compared it to information I knew, you know, because I worked for the company, I had, I had their sales and it was wrong. Like now I looked historically back at the new data that's available to everybody at those same searches that were wrong before. And it looks like they did, they did fix itself, kind of like similar to... A lot of those search volume, uh, not estimates, but the actual search volume that was coming from Amazon that was showing zero, a lot of those they did fix itself. But I think that's something that made many Amazon sellers uh, make the mistake of is like, oh, this is coming from Amazon. So it's mm -hmm. it's 100 percent correct. But even the Amazon you know, can make mistakes and and they fix it. So just just keep that in mind, guys. And in many cases, the, it's not really that the sellers are looking at Amazon data directly and, and listening to Amazon's marketing message. So, so this brand analytics data, it was not really announced. It was just sold out silently. But what sellers are, are seeing and hearing is, is that kind of marketing layer, that middleman between Amazon and the seller. And, and some, in some parts of that, that middleware, that layer between Amazon and sellers, there's a lot of marketing noise. So some companies, and, and it, every business is like that. Some companies might be engineering driven. Some companies might be marketing driven and, and that's fine. In, in our case, we're user and engineering driven more than marketing driven. So some things, and, and that happens a lot, like th there'll be initiatives that are abandoned or, or never pursued because it, they made sense from marketing perspective, but they did not really make much sense from adding value to users 
or from the engineering perspective. And it did come back to, to bite us a few times where we, we, would see, we would see an opportunity from marketing angle and decided not to pursue that because it didn't seem like a good thing to do, like proper thing to do. But then you have a competing market, competing tool or, or, or just a change in, in market where somebody else would release the, the same initiative that we abandoned or decided not to pursue. And then we're put in a kind of a tough spot where we have to justify why we're not doing something. And, and it's, it's sometimes put as our uh, kind of technological insufficiency. So I, I have to defend myself fairly often. Like, why don't we do this? Why? So, so the, the zeitgeist right now, one, one thing that, that's trending is keyword rank. So, hey, can you, and, and we get that question a lot. Like we get that question often. Hey, can you notify me when my, my rank, my position for specific keyword changes? And that was discussed months ago. And the, the problem with that is that position is not stable and it's not stable. It's not unstable because the, the position changes. It might be unstable because Amazon might be testing different models. And sure, you do want to know if your position changes when Amazon changes model, but you might not really want to know that, that your position is changing temporarily for 5% of user base, especially if you cannot guarantee that it's 5% of user base. So, or if there, it's changing every single hour, 24 hours a day, you're going to get 24 emails saying it's going up and down. Exactly. So, so we built models and, and we built kind of internal test tools where I see emails going out. So if, if you're in Cerebro and you have a thousand keywords and you have 10% boost, so, so we, we allow 10% of, of keywords to be boosted. So that's 100 keywords. You might have 20, 30 keywords that, that are going back and forth between page one and page five. So it, with some users in some scenarios that, that we had enabled on the back end, I saw literally hundreds of emails that, that would have been sent if, if a feature like that is, is released. So we're trying to, to find a balance between that marketing message, but also actually making useful tools. So not just something that sounds cool. That, that brings me to the, the next question I actually wanted to ask. So this is a perfect segue here. You're, you're talking about how people have suggested this or, or asked this you know, as a feature, but this is an example of something that we probably would not do if we really see a clear lack of usefulness. But what are some other scenarios where people could ask for a certain tool or maybe they have even asked for a tool, but at the same time, we would not consider making it due to X reason, like, do you have any other examples or, or situations? Right. So yeah, they, they say with age comes wisdom. Mm -hmm. I'm old, but I'm not wise, but I'm stubborn. So in my case, with age comes stubbornness. So, so what usually happens, uh, enough customers will, will ask for something that I will say, okay, sure. Yeah. But like in, in general, that, that, that just tells you that, that we're like customer focused company. So, so it's not, it's not what sells it. It's what we think provides value. But then in some cases, obviously, customers, they, they know much better than what, what works for them than what we know. But one thing that, that's kind of off limits and, and you can ask as many times as you want, it's, it's unlikely that it will help is, is uh, playing with functionality that's Amazon's uh, terms of service. And especially, I, mean, I, I guess there's a spectrum there as well. But if things are 
clearly opening for abuse. If 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 it's very easy to make a case that that the feature can be abused, then we are not going there. So so the view matching, for example, that I've heard was uh, uh, under consideration at some point. That was never released, and, and it will never be released. So so manipulating reviews, exposing a uh, uh, customer's personal identity. Uh, identifiable information or, or manipulating ranking that things that are clearly against Amazon in terms of service and things that can jeopardize our seller's position in Amazon world, that that's not something that will be considered the least. So that's off limits for sure. Now, on the flip side, we will make changes that will cause some discomfort with customers. So we had uh, it, recently we had the update with Magnet when one of the data points from the report was removed. So we're returning 20,000 keywords, 30,000 keywords. You could sort them, you can filter them. One thing that, that you cannot do or that you couldn't do for, for a week or two with, with Magnet, you could not easily get search uh, search volume and for your seed keyword. So you want to see search volume for Glugan, you enter Glugan, you get 20,000 keywords, and then you need to find your, your seed uh, keyword in, in that report. So we used to have a, a search volume for the seed keyword exposed. It was removed because our models show that it's not being used or consumed. So we tried to provide more value. It turned out that we did not interview the, the user base properly. So we didn't uh, survey the terrain and, and we had to bring it back. And we did bring it back. So, so that's I mean, and that was a specific result. The reason why this came back was specifically resulted from people sending the emails and suggestions saying, hey, we want to be able to see that C keyword data. And so you guys were like, wow, you know, 50 people, 60, whatever it was, are asking for this. This is something that's, you know, pretty reasonable that we can do. And so you guys implemented it. So in, in some cases, we, we release a tool with, with specific uh, purpose and they're being used in a different way. So magnet being used to, to extract search volume for a specific keyword that's not really the use case that we had for, for Magnet. So Magnet is supposed to, to return a lot of keywords related with your seed keywords. So you enter a keyword, then you get back a bunch of ideas, how to expand on that keyword or how to find a, a adjacent niche, for example. So I did not anticipate that, that people are using Magnet in that way. And there's significant engineering cost on the on infrastructure cost on the, on the back end. If you, if you enter a keyword, just to get search volume, and and we run through the process of of, of retrieving twenty thousand keywords and and aggregating what needs to be aggregated. We are not doing that efficiently, so so we put it back at significant infrastructure expense on on our end. We will also obviously it's not it's not ideal way to to do things. If if you have twenty keywords, you would have to run uh, 20, 20 searches and and somehow decode those. So obviously we are not doing the best uh, job of, out at meeting a uh, customer needs. So there will be some changes there and, and additions that will make that, that kind of task easier moving forward. But yes, we, we, we brought that back and we implemented that only, only for, for due to customer demand. And that, I mean, that's, not, that's not the only reason. So, so th that's not the only, only feature that we implemented because we, we had requests coming in from the use, our users. So profit storage fees or even that multi-ASIN uh, Cerebra 
that, that we've been using for a few months came as, as a result of kind of request or more of a, a observation that, that we made when we talked to, to our users. So sometimes it's not just the, the feature request that comes from users. Sometimes I will go out and, and, and talk to customers and, and try to observe how they're interacting with our tools. And based on their interaction, we will model our tools and modify and, and try to make them more user-friendly. So that interaction is, is important for us. So if, if, if somebody has an idea, if somebody has a, especially if they have a problem with uh, like friction point with, with our tools, or if they're doing a lot of repetitive uh, manual tasks or steps, uh, sure, we want to make your life easier. Yeah, so guys, you know, I've said this before on AMAs and, and the Facebook groups. If you guys have suggestions for tools, you know, please get them in. We do listen to it. I'm on almost every one of our recent updates or new tools are all coming from your suggestions because we don't make these tools for us. You know, Boyan is not an Amazon seller. I am not an Amazon seller. We're not making this for our own use. We're making this for you guys because remember what Helium 10 is about is we help sellers rise to the top. And the only way we can help you do that is if we know your pain point. So again, support at helium10.com, send an email, put attention, suggestions. It is going to get across Boyan's desk. He does read these things. We just give you an example right now of an update we made three weeks ago. And then there was a, I don't want to say outcry, but a lot of suggestions about what they wanted to see differently about it. And within a week and a half of these first suggestions, now it's fully live on the website. So we do listen to it. Just just remember, there are things that there's no point to even ask because we wouldn't do it. And that is if it's something that's in clear violation of Amazon terms of service, you know, something about reviews or something that could get us in trouble, something that could get your seller central account in trouble. Well, obviously we're not going to implement a tool like that. So guys, what one last thing real quick, you can't give us any clues or, you know, I don't want, want you to give anything away, but we definitely have things. Your team is working around the clock on some, some cool new updates, some things. I mean, I think more than almost any tool that I've seen, we are constantly making updates. We're constantly launching new tools. So Yes or no, we do have things in store first quarter and second quarter of 2019 that people can look forward to. Yes, like we always have things in store. So, so there are a lot of, lot of projects in, in the pipeline and, and just stay with us. So next week, next month, next quarter, but the one thing that's guaranteed is that we'll have updates, that we'll have new things and that the existing tools will be improved. So uh, sure, that's a guarantee. Well, Boyan, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate you coming on here. Um, this was the first episode. You guys didn't have the opportunity to ask questions, but this will be or should be a monthly episode that we're going to have where we can talk to Boyan. So if you guys have some questions, this is not like a technical support question. You know, we, we have 24 hour around the clock support for that. But if you wanted to to ask a just a general question about how Helium 10 works or, or something else, go ahead and submit that to also to support at Helium10.com and then put attention SSP. That's a serious sellers podcast. And then they'll get that to me. And then perhaps maybe it's a question. If you guys have a question specifically for Boyan about the technical aspects of Helium 10, go ahead and submit that and they'll get that question to me. And then maybe we can read that question on the air. And if yours gets picked, we'll send you a Helium 10 t-shirt, maybe signed personally by Boyan himself. It's going to be worth a lot of money. <laughs> so actually next month, so we are mid February. So, so we'll be in Vegas in a month that's right we'll be in so, the vegas prosper show so. so we can we can do fist bumps and high fives there we go do the all right guys there you have it thank you for listening to this episode and we'll be back with boyan next month for sure thanks a lot boyan